0: Happy holidays, 90th percentile listeners. My gift to you this season is a bonus episode. This episode features one of my favorite interviews that leadership experts Jack Sanger and Joe Folkman did on their podcast a little while ago with the one and only Josh Burson. I edited it down a little and chose my favorite parts, so I hope you enjoy.
1: Recently, we did a podcast with Josh Burson. Who was the principal and founder of Burson by Deloitte, one of the leading research organizations on the subject of talent management. We had a great response to that conversation and people who downloaded that podcast. And so today we are having a, a continuation of that on the
2: subject of bold leadership.
1: Josh, what prompted your interest in this topic?
2: Well, for me personally and professionally, um, having, as you guys know, sort of a little bit like you guys, having been in this market for so long um, and seen book after book, and it's occurred to me for many years that the companies that succeed over a long period of time have this unique ability to challenge themselves continuously but in a positive way. And so the idea of being bold and innovative but sustainable at the same time is, you know, to me a huge topic that um, needs to be continuously discussed. You know, young leaders who are highly successful for a variety of reasons, maybe they were lucky, maybe they just, you know, picked up on a market shift before everybody else, maybe they were particularly savvy about an industry or a technology they need to, um, you know, constantly evolve and, itch- and, and learn as they grow too. And if if we can define what bold leadership is, you know, I think we help them. So, so I think there's people at all levels of the leadership experience that are constantly um, thinking about this.
3: Yeah, Judge, just Joe Folkman. I, I looked at the data this morning before our interview here, and and I noticed that for both men and women. Uh, the the attribute of boldness goes down with age and but part of the the interesting thing is is that women tend to kind of stay ab- above the norm uh mm-hmm. whereas men go down to the 43rd percentile uh and and uh Oh, as they age. Now that's true for everybody except my partner Jack.
2: <laughs>
3: I don't know if it's true for everybody, but uh, could that explain part of this? Is that as people age, they they sort of play it safe a little bit. They they.
2: Uh... I think there's yeah. I think there's a really funny thing. This I was I've been reading a lot about unconscious bias, and I was actually reading Thinking Fast and Slow this morning because um, uh, just, it just occurred to me I haven't, I haven't read it enough lately the, 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 the risk or the danger of being a senior leader which I think has you know, been proven many, many times in the business press is that you think you've figured it out and so you repeat what you've done in the past or what you've experienced in the past when the world around you actually doesn't respond that way anymore and so that may be, I think, the reason that the data seems to show a little less boldness as people get older, because they tend to, you know, use their established patterns, and and they and you know when you're I'm, I'm older, and I think you consider it to be judgment as you get older. But I think you have to challenge yourself even at all ages, and that's that's why that's why um, one of the things we've seen in the leadership development research from the Human Capital Trends, which is a different study, is that lead. Emerging leaders in their 30s are very frustrated right now about their ability to progress more rapidly within big companies. Yet at the same time, if you look at some of the fastest-growing disruptive companies, they're run by people in their 30s. So we have a um, demographic situation in big companies where older people are a little bit in the way of younger people moving more rapidly into leadership and so I think part of being bold, and it's one of the practices that comes out of the Deloitte leadership research, is to have the um, people potential, the savvy to take younger leaders who may be bolder thinking than you are and develop them and give them authority and opportunities faster. And, in fact, they may end up being your boss. Um, one, of the, one of the heads of um, leadership I met with a couple of months ago told me one of the biggest challenges she has is, very senior leaders holding on to their positions as long as they possibly can and not feeling um, emotionally comfortable letting somebody younger, uh, you know, move into a senior level position whereas actually one of the maybe one of the best things they should do is to step out, step aside and coach somebody else, Mm -hmm. take on the role.
3: The other thing we found is that eventually, and and to start off with at a young age man are bolder, they... I think they're insane. But but
2: <laughs> they sort of I have a, I, I, I could speak about my own family and I think there's some truth to that.
3: <laughs> but then what you find is is the women age, they become bolder and we found in our data overall women are bolder than men. And that's that's sort of an antithetical of what we think. I mean Any comment around that? I
2: think, you know, I don't have to – you guys probably have more data on that than I do, but my gut on that, working with many women leaders, is that um, the women that succeed in business – I mean, it's tougher to become a leader in business as a woman than a man. I mean, you have to be, you know, very, very business savvy. You have to be very um, execution-oriented. You have to learn how to behave uh, in a way that fits into your company – um, and you have to be great with people. Um, and I think women that succeed in, into executive ranks um, probably have a more balanced set of capabilities. And so as they get older, they can turn on the boldness in a, in a more significant way. Um, so that's my gut, although I don't have the data to support that. But I would agree with you. I, I think that's, that's a pretty significant finding. You know on the on the uh,
3: gender differences <clears throat> now the other thing that was interesting to me is, is is as as I looked at the functions and you wrote an article about bold hr and mm-hmm. and that's that's a topic that that rings clear but h uh, r is one of the lowest functions on our boldness meter um, <laughs> right I <laughs> and, saw that and, and and I, I think that's probably the reason why you wrote the article around that. What, what's your sense of you know as people react to that?
2: Well, when I looked at that data, I actually the, yeah, I obviously looked at the, you and you guys we talked about it using your data. I found a, um, a researcher who actually did a lot of meta research on um, innovation and he looked at uh, innovative practices in different parts of business. And while he was, he and I were talking, I said, by the way, can you do a slice on HR versus other disciplines? And he had a lot of data. And so he went back and came back to me, and he said, you know, I looked at the HR function versus IT versus sales versus marketing versus operations versus manufacturing, and he said it was like the least innovative, not bold, but the least innovative of all. And to me, that's, a historic problem of you know why you know what HR does and where HR came from. HR did come from a compliance history of, and a compliance function.
1: Josh, if some we should have done this maybe at the very beginning of our of our discussion here, but if someone were to ask you for your definition of bold leadership, what would you say?
2: I think it's a combination of. I think a bold leader is someone who is willing to. Um, do something new, think of something new, is open to ideas and, and creative solutions that may not be established commonplace in their company today. Um, they are willing to listen to and promote people who are perhaps out of the norm, out of the average. They are willing to think of business models and the use of technologies in new ways. One of the biggest things that's disruptive in tech, everybody's worried about digital disruption, and digital disruption is not the adoption of digital technology. It's, thinking, it's rethinking business models around digital. That takes bold thinking. Um, and challenging yourself. I think, I think bold leaders are willing to challenge themselves and challenge their own thinking patterns. I read a really funny, I was actually listening to a podcast with the CEO of, of uh, Lego, and he's a very interesting guy, he's an ex-management consultant, he's on a video podcast, and he said, he said, most companies don't die by um, starvation, they die by indigestion, and most companies try to do too many things, and that's usually what kills them. And so being bold doesn't mean trying a hundred things. And going crazy, it means respecting what the company is good at and respecting what the company's value proposition is and where, where it fits in the market and still pushing to be innovative. And that's, that's really hard to do. But I, So that's why I think it's a kind of a good word. It's, it's, a, it's a complete word in four letters.
1: In your, in your research and from your own experience, do you think bold can be developed in people?
2: Um, To a degree, yes, I think so. I think over time in people's careers, they become more bold based on their experience in a particular location or a particular company. It's very environmental. You may be the bold leader, the right bold leader in one company and the wrong bold leader in another company, and you're the same person. And one of the um, executives that I, leadership development executives, I remember had a long conversation with this on. She said to me, We've learned that our senior executives tend to fall into four categories. We have executives that can innovate and build new things, we have executives that can grow businesses, scale, we have executives that can um, wring the profit out of a business and cut the costs and make it more and more profitable. And we have executives that can turn businesses around and fix them, shut them down, and or turn them around. And she said that in our experience, in this particular company, we had a very hard time moving people from one of the four scenarios to another. It sometimes worked, but she said, but we found actually it was more effective to move innovative leaders from one innovation. Business to another. So when a business got big enough that we needed to scale, we would take that person out of that role and move them to another one, to another startup type of opportunity. So, and that's been my experience, and certainly in my experience, meeting people is that a few people can move from you know, a few leaders, senior executives seem to be able to move from cycle to cycle. But it's more likely that you're going to be good and bold in in certain environments. That's, uh, that's an interesting – You guys may disagree with that based on your research.
1: <laughs> well, no, and I think we certainly have seen some wonderful examples of people who were very successful in one environment. I hadn't thought about it in terms of those different stages of, of organizations, but you, you, we've all seen people who really were roaringly successful in one company move to another and completely fall on their face. Yeah. And uh, yeah. It's, uh, you know, did they change or was it that they were put in the wrong environment?
3: I, I worked with a fellow and he, he was really clear, I'm a turnaround guy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And he, he said, uh, and, and I've got about a year left here before people like go nuts on me because <laughs> turnaround guys don't last that long. And he was really clear, it's like I'm looking for my next opportunity to, to turn around. So, Josh, we, we, we're we gathering this self-assessment data, which is kind of interesting. It It's giving us directionally uh, some similar things. We don't have a huge database yet. You have about 1,200 people, but one of the things we're finding is this negative correlation. It's not huge, but it's significant between person's boldness and their judgment they're, they're, that Problem solving—you mm-hmm. know, taking time to kind of figure stuff out and, and sort of, you know, look before you leap—kinds of characteristics. Does that surprise you? No,
2: it doesn't surprise me. And it probably gets back to wh- how you define what the word bold means. You know, I, I've I've tried to define it. You know, in our conversation, as a common as a somebody who's who's got judgment also, but just as you said. There are times to be bold, and there are times to not be bold.
3: The other thing we found was a positive correlation with strategy, that uh, people that tended to be bolder tended to kind of be forward-thinking and what's my next move and two moves ahead, that kind of thing, which was uh, an interesting thing. Uh, So often good judgment is – is a function of being cautious and careful, but that's the opposite of bold, right? That that's that's it's not risk taking. That's sort of like, well, you know, let's wait to see, and and uh, so I can see how it it tends to be a bit opposite.
1: Josh, in the big picture, uh, as you think over a little bit over time, uh, has has leadership in organizations that that you've been looking at become more bold, or do you think in general they've become uh, less or more timid?
2: I think successful companies have become more bold, no question about it. You know, I, I mean, I when I entered the workforce in the 1970, late 1970s, you know, I mean, there have been business cycles like this that have been disruptive, but I think right now we're in a huge amount of disruption in just about every industry I talk to.
1: Josh, what else do you see happening in, in the world of leadership and leadership development uh, that that relates to this broader topic of bold that we've been talking about?
2: Um, I mean, I think the thing that's the I think the most interesting thing for me, as somebody who's a little bit older, is the uh, the need to push younger leaders into leadership faster to give them development in place. You know, when I started studying HR, as you guys know, know, I read the Leadership Pipeline and learned about, you know, nine-box grids and potential and, uh, you know, capabilities. You know, and, oh, it'll take this person 15 years to reach that job. Um, I don't think companies can wait like that anymore. Even though there's a fair amount of that going on, I think there has to be a much more proactive push to put young people into leadership roles faster and give them the coaching and scaffolding and support to learn and succeed in the in in the job, and the traditional 15, 20, or 25-year leadership path doesn't seem to be working in big com- in big companies.
1: Yeah, our our data was interesting in that it showed that on average. The typical supervisor was in his or her job for about nine years before the organization gave anything in the way of wow. formal formal development to them. And you know they, they developed some really bad habits which you then try to have have them unlearn as they kind of move forward in their career. And you know, our conclusion was that it's really clear that organizations are waiting way too long to get started on any kind of development process. Josh, is there anything else that you've been observing and uh, that your research would point you to that we should uh, pass on to I our think listeners? I
2: think one of the big things that I am interested in and I think is starting to take off is that more use of data for this. Even though leadership is such a hard thing to measure, I, I think that all of the new, um, a lot of the um, conferences I'm going through are just filled with people trying to figure out how to do more, you know, putting a lot of money into analytics and And uh, I think we're going to reach a point over the next couple of years, we're going to have a lot more data coming out of big companies, not just people like you guys on what it took and who are the people and where did they come from and what were their backgrounds and what do we know about them Mm -hmm. to uncode this a little bit more.
3: Well, and and one of those things about data that I think is important, um, I mean, if you help people understand that they're not bold, that's the first step in them becoming more bold. <laughs> mm-hmm. People aren't going right. to develop a trait when, they, when it's sort of invisible to them when they, or when their self-assumption is very different than reality. And, you mm-hmm. know, we found that people are pretty bad at predicting their own uh, level of effectiveness on these dimensions. So, you know, again, that back to that whole developmental experience, helping people understand where they're at guiding them around sort of what they can do and how they can change these things is a critical issue.
1: Mm -hmm. Okay. Well, hey, thank you very much. Uh, Our guest today has been Josh Burson, the founder of Burson by Deloitte, one of the leading researchers in talent management and these issues of leadership and leadership development uh, in the world. We thank you very much for your time and uh, these fascinating insights about bold leadership and its role in the success of organizations.
0: What fantastic research and pointers on how to be a bolder leader. If you would like to read the full interview and refer back to some of this wisdom, you can download the full ebook we have of this interview with Josh at the link in our episode notes or on our podcast page on zangerfolkman.com. I hope you enjoyed this episode and be sure to keep tuning in each week to the 90th percentile. Happy holidays!